sharing with people my truth so that people aren't scared to be authentic and they see that there's hope. I'm Brett Barish. I own uh, uh, a very successful wine and spirits company. So my past brands, so you know Amanza, were, do you remember Ace of Spades? Yeah, of course. The fancy That was mine. And then I, uh, a cognac called Doucet Cognac. And then those three brands are my new ones, but they're all quite big. Um, And I'm very fortunate because uh, I've had great success and, uh, 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 a very difficult road to get there, which is what I love. And I get to do what we call self-made interviews where I get to interview. If you don't know, I've interviewed everybody from, from Nipsey Hussle to, to Rick Ross, to Post Malone, to uh, uh, Russ, to uh, Kamaru Usman, who's the world champion in, in UFC, in UFC fighting to, uh, to your good friend, Mary Fitzgerald, last week. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> um, but before we get into the show, which is hugely successful, what I want to get into first is you. And my first question I ask everybody is, you're, you are now somebody, whether you like it or not, you're, you're deemed successful. You've done it. It's because of you. What does self-made mean to you? It's so weird to hear, you know, to hear you say that, because I get it, and you are right, but it's like, me, it's, I'm, you know, I'm doing, I'm like you, I've been fortunate, it's been a tough road along the way, but I'm doing exactly what I envisioned myself doing as a little girl, which was dressing in funky outfits, and going to the job site, and designing houses, and then coming home to my kids. I wanted to be like that cool mom that had the cool job, that got to wear funky clothes, and was like doing it. And, you know, it took a long time to get here. I'm 40, 30, but like I'm doing it. So the fact that I get to do that, and then now I'm on a show that's a success, it's kind of like, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but I It's surreal, no? It's surreal, yeah. I can't say I don't really love the the recognition so much. I wish that I could. You know, it's good. We have to wear masks everywhere we go. I have severe anxiety, and I just I I kind of we've been on lockdown, and it's been COVID, so I I haven't really been out that much since the show came out. So I forget I for I forgot that I was on a show that people might recognize me. And I walked to uh, like Rite Aid the other day. With like a side ponytail and like sweatpants. It was in the morning. I think we were like out of orange juice or something. And so I like quickly went and I'm looking and like I see a few people, younger girls, like kind of like in line staring, like whispering. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, oh, I'm a man from Selling Sunset. They're looking at me like, you look crazy. And I got super anxious and was like, okay, now I have this to get what I look like when I go to write it. So I don't like that. But <laughs> so, so when, when you talked about, uh, and for me as an example, I wanted to be an archaeologist. I wanted to dig in the ground and find stuff. Like when you say, when you say I wanted to be what you are now, where do you think that came from? Where does the idea of being, you know, 
that cool mom who gets to dress up and come home to her kid, where does that come from? Where do you think you got those ideas? I mean, just, well, I always loved kids from a really, really young age. I wanted to be a mom since I was like, you know, seven. I'm from the Midwest. I was babysitting for like newborns at age like nine, like changing diapers and bottle feeding newborns at age nine by myself. That's just how we did it um, there back then. So I was a babysitter from a young age. And I taught dance and stuff to little kids from a, at a young age. And then Where'd you we, grow grew up? Up really, we grew up, um, I grew up pretty poor. And so I would sit in my trailer. So I grew up in a trailer and I would look at the, the walls and the ceiling and like, I would envision like a different aesthetic, you know, and all my friends lived in like, uh, in Indiana, if you lived in a brick house, you were rich. So like, all my friends lived in, in brick houses and I would go to their bedrooms and they'd have like these really pretty rooms. And so I just, from a young age, I wanted to be like an interior designer. And so I would DIY things and I learned how to make things out of other things and like, you know, for cheap. So then when it was time to go to college, like I just decided to go into that. And then, and I had this really cool teacher. I don't even think she liked me that much, probably because I was lazy in class, but um, <laughs> she was really cool. She was dressed really cool. She had like cool hair and fun jewelry and clothes. And she was a mom, and I remember thinking, like, wow, when I grow up, well, when I, like, graduate and when sure. I have my own kids, I want to be like her. Like, I want to, like, dress funky and do – and so it was just, like, all a thing. And that was years ago. Like, I didn't start actually using what I went to college for until, you know, like, probably seven years ago, little by little. And then it was, like, I would do one little project because nobody, nobody knew who I was. I still had to do – my five other jobs to make sure my kids had food on the table. And I'd do like one little like guest room of somebody's house. And then that would go, that built to like more and more and more and more until eventually I was able to just do that and not, you know, scrub toilets. I was waiting. I was like, no, I'm not waiting tables at the time. I was cleaning people's houses. I was walking people's dogs. I was babysitting other people's kids. I worked at BCBG for like $11 an hour. Meanwhile, I had to pay the nanny $18 an hour to watch my two kids. But really didn't make a lot of sense. But, um, so yeah, it's time, do, do, you know. But Amanda, you being transparent and honest about your past, do you own that? Do you appreciate, meaning I just, to me, that's the most exciting about, to me, that's the most exciting thing about you is that, like yeah, where you came sure. from and what you were able to achieve and come out of this. Of course. I want, I mean, that's, you know, I wouldn't want to lie and be like, oh, this is just perfect and I've always been perfect now because that's not who I am. I want people, uh, you know, I want people to know I'm not just this like snotty, now successful girl on television that's pretty or whatever. And I also want people that are like, you know, sitting in their trailer in Indiana with big dreams at six years old, five years old, whatever, with like a kind of tumultuous childhood going on or whatever. They can look at me and go, oh, look, she did it. You know, I can do it too. Yeah, so that's what that that is the one thing that I love about the platform is that I can be a voice to other people that have been through maybe what I went through as a kid or kind of you know what I went through as a an adult and a mid whatever um, and just help people sharing with people my truth so that people aren't you know scared to to be authentic and they see that they that there's hope along with I've had other you know older moms single moms saying like, oh, I'm not too old to change my career or it's not too late to go into, you know, real estate or if they wanted to do 
because I'm 43. I didn't get my real estate license until I was like 42. So, you know, some people are like, they think they have an expiration date of when they can go out and, and try for their dreams. And you don't, I plan to live to be 107. <laughs> do, 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 do you, um, do you think you, your moments that you had in your life, do you remember what they are? You know, whether it's making that decision to do interior, making that decision to go to college or making that decision, um, whatever it might be. Do you, were there moments where you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm moving up. Um, yes. So I, a couple, I lived in a very small town in Indiana, Vincennes, Indiana. There's this many people. (laughs) Um, there's one black person and, and it's like, it's crazy. Like where I live, where I grew up, if you would go visit there, you'd be like, what's <laughs> there's some, there's still some magnificent racism going on. It's just a different world. So there was a moment when I moved from Vincennes, Indiana to um, then Terre Haute, Indiana, which was about an hour North. And it was like a little bit bigger of a city. And I went to college there for, for a hot second. <laughs> And then from that point, I moved to Indianapolis, which was an hour north of Terre Haute. It's like moving up, moving on. Sure. <laughs> I moved to and Indianapolis is the, the capital of Indiana, right? And then that's when I decided like, okay, this is good, but I want to, I, I see myself somewhere bigger. Like I'm still in Indiana. It's a great place to be from, but I wanted to be somewhere bigger. Would, would that be New York? Would that be California? Okay, California is warm. I have an aunt that was from there. I always thought she was super cool when she'd come home like once every four years. Like, this is my fancy aunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think she lived in like Temecula or something. I mean, it wasn't even like she lived in LA, <laughs> but I just thought she was so cool. Um, and so one day I just decided I was going to move to LA. And I literally told all my friends on a, like on a Friday, I don't remember the exact, but it was kind of like, okay, I'm going to move to LA. I paid my rent, I had roommates at the time. I paid my rent. I paid like my utilities. I left my car in the driveway of my then boyfriend's cousin's house. We packed up everything in a Jeep Wrangler. And I called my friends and I was like, if you want to see me, it was like, come to TGI Fridays tonight because <laughs> I'm leaving tomorrow. And like literally within two days, we just took off and drove cross country. And so that was a very big moment. <laughs> but that's a huge moment. I remember for me, I was, when I started this company, I, the biggest issue I had in my entire life was I didn't know what I wanted to do. And that's the worst feeling in the world. Sometimes like I, my daughter, I have a 21 year old and she knows what she wants to do. And I think that's amazing to be young and know I didn't. So I finally, when I'm 31 and I'm lost, I'm like, ah, okay, I'm just going to do this. I got to pick something. But making that decision is so is, is the most important in your life is just doing it. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Just making that decision and going. Yeah. Because if you don't, you'll just sit stuck. Yeah. And I've done, and I've done that too. I mean, I've done that too. I, I went to school for a bit for interior design, but when I, you know, after I, I didn't start doing it until after I had been a model and been married and had kids and got a divorce. And then it was like, okay, what do I, you know, what do I do? What do I do? And I had a good friend of mine tell me, find what you love and put everything you have into it. And I'm like, 
Okay, and then so this was while I'm doing that. <laughs> so so I understand this is all after the marriage, all after having kids. This is all, yeah. all after that. Yeah, it's it's because I had only been I'd been a model, and then when I got married to my you know now ex husband, I was we had our first child, and then we got married when she was like seven months old, and then I wanted to I wanted to have five kids, so we got pregnant again right off the bat. So my kids are seventeen months apart, and so we it was like pregnant, married, pre- or pregnant, married, baby, a big move. Uh, and all this time, I was like just because he played football all the time. So I lived in Arizona. I didn't know anybody. So I was a stay-at-home mom. I had two new, you know, newborns. And then we moved to Laguna Beach for a year. And I had, well, actually, one in Arizona. And then my other son, my son, was born in Laguna. So then I had a one- and a two-year-old. And then we got a divorce. And I was like, I've only been a model. and But I went to school for interior design for a bit. But it was like survival mode. I couldn't just go back to modeling full-time right then. I had a one- and a two-year-old. And then... I couldn't just throw myself into interior design because I hadn't, I'd been to school eons ago and I lived in LA where there's like Kelly Wurstler and, you know, Martin Ballard Lawrence yeah. and all these fancy interior designers. Like, who am I? <laughs> so I did everything under the sun until I finally got to a point where I could just design, you know, full time. And it took years. It's, it's, this was, you know, I've been divorced eight years. I think it's, I think like, six years I've been doing it but for the first two of those it wasn't like that was where my money was totally coming from sure I was just building building did it did it feel I I, I remember uh um my business was going horrible horrible we were going to wind up the company and I remember calling my mother and I was saying you know mom if I could just I was so happy with what I was doing for a living and if I could just live like pay my rent and live on the amount of money I was making just to have the business survive. I'm happy. I don't need anything else. But it was that moment, like that moment made me appreciate everything. It, but did it feel like that for you in the sense of, you know what, I'm, I'm doing something I love and I'm happy and I'm supporting my family. That's all I need. Absolutely. And it was such a good feeling, you know, like it doesn't feel like work because yeah. I love it. When I was doing five other jobs that I wanted nothing to do with, if it were my lunch break or I had any amount of free time, I would be like in a furniture store or a lighting store or perusing the internet, looking at, you know, interior design stuff. And I would get anxious because I knew I was supposed to be doing something else. or I was supposed to be back from my lunch break. I was supposed to be, you know, whatever. And now still sometimes, well, not now because we don't really leave the house, but (laughs) Before, remember when you could go to stores and stuff and it was like normal? <laughs> yeah, back then. Um, so I would go now when I go to like a furniture store, or a lighting store, if I'm sourcing for a client, there's always a moment where I get like a, oh, I'm supposed, I'm going to be late or I'm supposed to be somewhere. And then I have to go, yeah. oh, wait, I'm working. Like, yeah. I'm, like I'm working, <laughs> you know? And so, yeah, it's a cool, it's cool. <laughs> so, uh, so, um, Tell me about the show. How did it, for you, how did it happen? So I've been best friends with Mary, who you interviewed last week, for 20 years. We met 20 years ago at a party in Hollywood, or in West Hollywood. And um, probably like a month before, or maybe a month after, I can't remember, I met Jason and Brett at their, they had a big Super Bowl party, and we had mutual friends. And so I, I went with a mutual friend to their house for a Super Bowl party, met them, so I've known Mary and Jason and Brett both for 20 years. Um, 
and I introduced Mary to Jason and Brett like 15 years ago at like my one of my barbecues or something at my apartment. And so it just it made sense for me to join the cast after I got my real estate license because I was working when I met Jason and Brett, they were attorneys, they weren't real estate agents. Um, and Jason didn't start doing real estate until it was about eight years ago because it was after my divorce and he had just started and he was like living in a little guest house studio apartment at the top of the hill, like from a, a guest house of somebody else's, like a one room thing with like a cooktop and, you know, and I saw, I've seen him like build. So then he got the office and I was just starting to do little design things here and there. So after I kind of proved myself, he started to hire me to stage some of the properties for the Oppenheim group. So then I started working as like their interior design specialist. And after doing that for a bit, he's, and then they had season one. And when they did season one, I was filming Deal or No Deal in Orlando as a model. So I wasn't even, I didn't have my real estate license. And then when I came back and they were talking about doing season two, he's like, you should get your license. You're in the office. You work for us anyway. You should get your license. Like then you could be on the show with us. And then also it's an extra way to make, you know, more money. And so I was like, Okay. <laughs> so I did it. It just, you know, it happened organically. It made sense for me. So, to so a couple of questions. Did you watch season one? Of course. I knew they were filming it. And I was so, I was like, I was anxious. I wanted to make sure that, that none of my friends looked crazy. So as soon as it came out, season one, I like stayed up and binge watched it at my apartment. And I was like, what did okay. you think? We did you watch them as friends? Cause I always find it if you if you're watching somebody that you know, it's a weird feeling. It, but then all of a sudden you get into it. Like it's not them anymore. You're watching the character that's them. They they it wasn't. It was like watching them because that's exactly how they are in real life. <laughs> like Mary is really you know she's a real sweetheart. I, I will say this: just being Mary's friend, I hadn't got to see her like in business mode, in work mode, like I did on the show, and I was like dang, she's really like, she really knows her shit. Like, she's really good, you know? But, it's, but other than that, she's she's such a sweetheart. And that was one of the things I was like, if they make her look like bitchy or anything, I'm going to be really upset, you know? And I was like, no, like she came off just as sweet as she is in person. And so I was impressed. Um, and then, you know, I didn't really know the other girls as well. I knew Christine better than any of anybody else. I knew Christine and Mary. And I didn't know the other girls, so I didn't know if they were that's how they were in real life or not. Um, but I, I remember thinking like, well, Christine's way nicer than this in, in real life. <laughs> so did, 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 uh, did you think to yourself, I could be on this show or I could do this? Did you ever have that feeling during season one watching it? Not really because I was, I had, you know, like I said, I had just filmed deal or no deal and I was yeah. a model. And so I was, I didn't know if we were going to do another season of deal or no deal. And at the time I probably, I probably would have done another season of that. And if I hadn't, uh, well, Jason hadn't, like, hadn't suggested that I get my real estate license yet. So I really didn't think about it because I wasn't an agent. So I just thought, were, were you, when you agreed to do it, were you nervous that you're, you're literally the only new person? You're it. Like you're the pledge. Uh, but I, but the thing is, it's not like I, I'm not really, I'm actually like the OG because I introduced everybody. So it's not like I came into this cast and I was like the new black girl that nobody knew. You know what I mean? Like I was the girl who everybody knew for years. So it didn't feel like 
I was the new girl, not not as a cast member. When it came, comes to selling houses, I still feel like um, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. Like I still have to have Mary or Jason or somebody else hold my hand and like walk me through everything because I'm still that's still very new to me. Even though it's been a year that I've had my license, you have to really you have to do a lot of transactions before it's just like you know something you can do. Are they? Are they picking off? Are they picking up off your creativity, even on the the staging side and what you do? Are they because you're learning from a Mary, but are they learning from you? Um, I don't know. I mean, they don't stage their own places, but I will say that individually, Mary and uh, Jason both have lovely spaces that they live in. You know, Mary. I mean, Mary and I we've been best friends for so long. We laugh. We used to. DIY our own outfits and we used to, you know, she's very creative also. She she'll hang like, you know, peel and stick wallpaper. She'll paint a wall by herself. Like she's she's also very creative. It's just that's not her passion. Yeah. Like she wouldn't want to make that her career. She's very, very into real estate. Like that's her that's her passion. Um and then Jason as well, like he, you know, he has a couple of homes and he's he's bought them. And totally like taking them down to the studs and walk and been hands on through the whole design process, and it looks like a spread in architectural digest. Like I always joke, like the kids and I are afraid to go to Uncle Jason's. Like you can't touch anything, or else it's like, well, it's like a museum. <laughs> it's immaculate. So I mean, I don't know that they learn from me. Um, I, I think they appreciate what I do, though. I have a little bit more of a bold, like no rules kind of approach to my design when the client will allow it. Um, and they're more kind of conservative, like California modern, everything's just kind of precise. I'm a little more wild and kind of all over the place. So Mary said on the, when she, she made a comment that when she first watched herself, she was surprised how expressive she is. She had no idea. She's constantly making, you know, her expressions kind of, she didn't realize that. Is there anything about you that you didn't realize when you started watching yourself? Um, Probably. I mean, I've only, I watched the season once and then I was like, okay, no more. Um, well, wait, well, wait, hold on. Why? Why? I, well, season three, I cried through the whole freaking season. It was too emotional. I was like, I don't yeah. want to see that again. Um, yeah. You know, I lived it and then I watched it back and I was like, it was more sad the second time. Cause it was, you know, that was months ago. And then you kind of forget and you film so much, so many days in a row for so many months. And then, when I saw the scene with the kids and I, I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. You, you guys are so awesome. Um, I don't really particular, particularly like my voice. I think I sound a bit like, kind of like, to yeah, yeah. Down. And I'm sure I do some weird things, you know, and then we're always critical. Like I, I can't stand my hair because I'm, I've got black girl hair syndrome and I've had it since I was little. And I had a white mom that had long, beautiful blonde hair. And I never liked my hair from a very young age. So I'm always like doing a wig or a weave or a ponytail or this or that. And so I pick it apart. I'm like, oh, oh, that looks bad. That was not a good choice. That, And I had somebody even reach out to me the other day. And she was like, I'm just so um, I'm just so impressed with the way you were um, so willing to go on Selling Sunset and not make a big deal out of your alopecia. And I was like, I'll have alopecia. <laughs> <laughs> So they're picking at everything. They're but picking at everything. But what she said is something that I noticed, like the back of my hair is really thin right here because I wear it pulled up so often. 
And it's like, and I didn't, you know, whatever. And then production didn't pay attention. So I'm like, are they always just shooting me from the back and the side? Because I can see it in like every episode. And it made me cringe. I didn't really know like somebody would reach out. But she was like, I just thought you were so brave. And that was so awesome. And I was like, thanks. But like, I don't have allopecia. So, so Amanda, to me, you, you have the hardest job in the whole world. And that goes for anybody who's a mom. Because that is by far... I have five kids. It's the most difficult thing in the whole world. Um, but so yet, jealous. The same, you have five kids. I've always wanted five kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm the luckiest person, but it's the hardest job. But yet, not only do you have the kids and, and you're a single mom and you're working, how do you, like, I'm sure you're fancy, but how do you balance all this? How do you make it work? Oh, there you go. <laughs> If you look on my bar cart right now, you'll notice that, okay, so you sent me uh, one, two, three, five bottles of booze, right? There are only three left. Nice. (laughs) I drank the rosé and there's the the white uh, French champagne or wine is in the refrigerator. So I don't know. I mean, that's a joke, obviously. I'm not drunk yet today. Um, But I, I don't know. I think from what I mentioned earlier, growing up in the Midwest and just being like that nurturing child and, and caring for little ones from a very young age, I think that helped. And that helps. I've learned, I've known how to take care of kids. Like I've, before I ever had kids, I knew how to make macaroni and cheese, pull the baby, you know, feed a baby, get the dog out of the way. Like I was, I you was can do it all. Kind of like it's in me. And also, my mom was, God bless her, she was not cool to me at all, but she, for some reason, she was really good with other kids, and she would babysit. So we always had kids at our house. My grandma, um, like, ran a daycare out of her house. I've always just been really, really good with kids. I taught gymnastics and dance and ballet to little kids, like, ages 3 to, like, 15 my whole life until I moved out here. And I think that, you know, God just gave me really good mothering skills. So it's Look, I get overwhelmed, of course. It's not freaking easy, um, especially, you know, in the situation that we're in right now. I have them 24-7. Um, we don't have a nanny because it's COVID. They're on homeschool. I'm working. It's like I'm doing press. I'm doing a furniture line. I'm staging houses. I'm trying to sell houses. <laughs> I'm a homeschool teacher. I'm trying to cook. I would say I clean, but if you if I flip this camera around and you saw what my house looks like right now, you'd be like, oh, no, you don't. <laughs> That's a lie. Um, so it's, you know, it's tough, but I'm 43. It's not like I'm a, you know, in my twenties and I've kind of just, you know, learned how to roll with the punches. And I know that I've got a lot of really good things going on. So, and I take one Zoloft every morning. (laughs) That works. That works. You know, I have to say like, that's the, that is, that has saved me. (laughs) <laughs> no, it, it's it's whatever works, but I, I'm I'm beyond impressed. Um, but what do you? When was the moment? And I'm always curious because even to this day, uh, I get the chills when someone knows my brands. Like I'm shocked. I'm surprised. It doesn't seem real. Like you really know it, and they're big. But I still don't. I don't know if I'll ever grasp that feeling of. Oh yeah, just everybody knows. Yeah. 
does it ever do, do you what does it make you feel the fact that you go to Walridge wherever you go like now someone recognizes you what does that what does that mean for you I um, I think I don't think I've quite fully experienced it yet just because we're in such a weird time and I haven't really been out that much um, but I yeah I don't know I mean it was super, it was definitely weird but I ha- I hope it doesn't feed into my anxiety more because I do get very anxious and I dated a celebrity at one point and I remember like the the thing that I disliked the most was when we would go to dinner or something and like paparazzi would come and take pictures of him like out of the blue and it would give me this like feeling I literally felt like this until you know 10 minutes after we'd sat down and I was like okay like kind of shake that off like I don't want to have that feeling um so I don't know I haven't experienced that yet because I don't really go out that much but I will say it feels really good to have um like when I do press I'll do like you know a news outlet or whatever and I have people say like like in the UK the show is huge and they're like you're our favorite like we love you mm-hmm. here and you and I'm like really it it feels good you know I I'm a, I was a model I am a pretty girl. That means that I'm highly insecure. <laughs> like that's, yep. you know, so, so those things is sad as it is, maybe, or maybe it's not sad, but it, it makes you feel good. It's like, Oh, somebody likes me. Some, you know? So I don't know. That's cheesy. As, but like, it kind of, you know, it feels good. What, what are the, what do you think your, all your, your fans have in common about you? Like, what do they see? The thing that I hear the most is you're the realist. Yeah. Like you're the realist. You don't take yourself too seriously, you know? And, and I appreciate that because when I moved to LA, that was one of the things that I found as the biggest compliment. I haven't always been the pretty girl. I grew up the only black kid in my whole community. Not that that didn't make me pretty. I'm just saying nobody looked at me in my community as a kid, as a middle schooler, as a teenager, really as the pretty woman. You know, and my mom didn't know how to do my hair. So she would buzz it off and leave like a rat tail. And then I, most of the time I was wearing like my big brother's hand-me-downs like through elementary school. And then when I got into middle school and high school, it changed a bit. But I was still like struggling with my identity. I was always the girl that I always had boy, like boy dash friends. I was the cool girl that people would come up to and be like, they called me Mandy. They'd be like... Mandy, can you ask Jamie if she'll go with me? You know, like they would ask me to ask my friends to go with them. Never, nobody was ever asking me <laughs> until when I got like in my 20, like 20, 21. So I still have that like little poor tomboy Midwest mentality. And I think that's gotten me a long way. And so when I moved to LA and still one of the biggest compliments is when somebody talks to me and they're like, oh my God, you're pretty and smart or pretty and cool yep. like it's yep. like they can't believe it it's like oh my god are you an alien and i'm like thank you because you know what this is gonna go away and hopefully i'll still be cool and you know when i'm 100 <laughs> well so, i think I, I i will say just as an example so uh i i got a text uh from my friend's daughter brooke who's watching saying she loved Mary. And then I told her that I'm interviewing you today. And she wrote, literally, she wrote, I love her. I love how she carries herself on the show and she doesn't take any shit. <laughs> like, but the, 
to me, that would make me feel so good if someone who I don't know sees that in me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it does. It, that does feel good. And I've had people that I went to like, you know, high school with that I haven't talked to in, in decades. And they will reach out and they're like, you're still the same old Mandy. Like you're still the goofy. I was the class. I was the senior of class of 1995 class clown. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> me and Christopher Lee. We were, well, they called it the class gesture. So I was always like a goofy, you know, but like the nice one. I was never yep. the mean girl. Like I was the girl and my other, my best friend that lives in Indiana still. And we've been best friends since the first day of first grade. Her name is Jamie, well, Jamie Kendall, but her, her name was Jamie Sweeney. I love her dearly. We were the ones that like, we were never like the, you can't sit with us. It's like, if there was somebody struggling or somebody like we would go sit with them like we it was that type of I never wanted anybody to feel different because I was different you know so and that's and I teach my kids that like that's that's important so that that's like that's just how I am so it feels good when people when when strangers recognize it and then it feels good when people that have known me since I was 12 say you haven't seen the same thing you haven't changed so what are you most excited about coming up what 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 are you what are you looking forward to? Um, just making a shitload more money so I can make sure my kids are provided for. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I'm excited about so much. Hopefully we get a season four. We don't know yet, but I would love to be able to, to show the world a little bit more of my talents, not my ability be, to be tardy. Cause I think we got a pretty good view of that. Like, okay, we get it. She's late. <laughs> CP time. Thanks, guys. Bring yep. the black yep. It's like, let me just show the world that I can be on time. And then um, I would like to be able to show more of my design work. You know, I'm designing furniture now. So I'm, Great. Start, I'm trying to get this all going. And I would love to be able to share that with the world. And then also to show everyone that, you know, we are adjusting just fine to the situation that we've been handed unexpectedly. My kids are thriving. They're amazing. They're doing great in school. They're happy. That's great. I would, like, I would like to do like another scene with my kids as a like a fun, you know, so you can see how we are at the house or how I parent and not like a, you know, that was a beautiful scene, but it was tear jerky. And that's not yep. our every day. We're not sitting around crying every day. <laughs> you know, they're in homeschool right now. It's the, I was so anxious about homeschool. I have to say, it's kind of freaking awesome. Like, yeah, they're in their rooms right now. They can't come out if they want to because the teacher is watching them. I can be out here picking my nose if I wanted to, like dancing. Oh, I lost you for a second. No, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. So, so, uh, Amanda, as we come to the end, I want to ask you, I did this with Mary, I do this with everybody. So, 10 questions, word association, one word, okay? Oh, God. <laughs> It'll no, be I fun. there's no psychiatrist watching. No, 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 no. No, <laughs> no pictures, just words. So, okay. ready? Number one, Mary. Wait, Mary or marriage? Mary, Mary. As in Mary Fitzgerald. Oh, 
Bestie. Jason. <laughs> Uncle Jason. I don't know. Brett. Sassy. Chriselle. Love her. That's two words. Heather. Adorable. Davina. Misunderstood. Christine. Diva. Maya. Sweet. Breaker and Noah. Oh, God. <laughs> There's not one word. My whole heart. All right. Perfection. <laughs> last one, season four. Hopeful. All right. Amanda, but you're amazing. I'm going to make something very clear because if Christine's watching, and I love her, and we talk all the time, I mean Diva in the most amazing way. Like that girl, <laughs> she slays from head to toe. I don't mean like bitchy. No, no, no. I feel clear. you. <laughs> I think everyone understood. Amanda, you're amazing, and I, I'm from Chicago. I'm from the Midwest. I'd like to say it's 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 because of Midwest roots, but you know you're owning your past, and it's part of who you are, and you wear it on your sleeve. And I I I I, I thought I like Mary. I like you more. Um, <laughs> I I just think it's awesome. I think really, I think all your fans know who you are, and like like uh, Brooke said. You're very real, and and uh, I think it's amazing. And I, I wish you all the best. I think you're going to do amazing. The fact that you're a single mother with kids and job and work and all this is just awesome. It's just Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't know you were from Chicago. You know what? That's why you're cool. Like I have to be the best people too. You could literally I, be a serial killer, but if you're like, and I don't know, but if you're like, I'm from Indiana, I'd be like, oh, immediately I like. That's you. okay. Maybe later I find out you're actually a mass murderer. But you know what? You're probably the nicest, most humble. Nicest one. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> There's something us Midwesterners get when you say you're from the West. Oh, you know what? You're not so bad. Yeah. I like you know. Feeling. Exactly. Yeah. It's a great place to be from, I say. Exactly. Well, I wish you the best. Keep doing it. Keep promoting. Keep talking about yourself. Good things will happen. Uh, you make great choices. So. Congrats. Um, Thank you. Thank and I'll keep, if I can do anything for you, if I can do anything for you, please ask and we'll keep you loaded with alcohol to make you happy. I was going to say, just keep sending booze. That's no problem. Cool. That's easy. It, first of all, but we didn't get to tell, it is actually really delicious. Thank and you. And I will say, I haven't, I drank the, the rosé and the the white, like sparkling French wine. Yep, Lux, Lux. But I will say, I had a sip of this. Yep. I am not even... I am not a gin drinker. I Let's, typically, I typically don't like it. But I'm telling you, anybody who's listening that doesn't think they like gin, it. I put it just a sip on ice. It has like a lemony. It feels like it's already mixed with something. It's really smooth. It's. Really I'm drinking smooth. right now. I'm drinking lemonade and McQueen. It's freaking awesome. It I love it. It's very good. I have you have to, to try the next one. Try the rum, bamboo. It's amazing. I haven't opened this one yet. It's, it's maybe I'll open it. You know what? Today's Thursday, but tomorrow the kids don't have school because it's a four-day weekend. So try it on the rocks. Time. Just try it on the rocks. As simple as that, all right? I will. Yeah. Amanda, thank, thank you. you so much. Good luck with everything and stay healthy. Wear your mask and uh, and all the best. Thank, thank you again. You. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>